0: The Bible Study Podcast. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Hebrews with Hebrews chapter 12. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We just have two more chapters left in Hebrews, so let's carry on here. who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So remember we said last time that this book is intended as encouragement for those who are under persecution. I think it's also encouragement for those of us who just need to plod along, those of us who need to carry on with the walk of faith at times that is difficult. It's difficult because the situation is difficult, or it's difficult because the situation is just everyday and normal and isn't all a mountaintop sort of experience. And so first in chapter 11, the author looked at the great roll call of faith, all of those people who have gone before. And then in this chapter, the author then says, therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses, since we have all of those people we looked at last chapter, let us throw off all that it hinders, throw off all that encumbers, the sin that so easily entangles. If you were going to run a race, if you were going to run a marathon race, you wouldn't wear a snowsuit. You wouldn't wear balls and chains. There's a lot of things that you wouldn't do. You would focus on the task and you would dress appropriately. Similarly, what the author is saying is we look at a walk of faith. Why are we pulling along this baggage? All of these things that hinder and entangle us, the sin that we try and bring with us, the old life that we try and carry forward as we're trying to live a new life. Instead, let's run the race with perseverance. So this is a marathon. This is not a sprint. And fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So fix our eyes on the prize and the goal and the example of Jesus who's outrunning ahead of us. The author and perfecter of our faith. So both the source of our faith as well as where our faith will become complete. And then we look at the example of Jesus who for the joy set out before him endured the cross. Because he kept his eye on pleasing God and what it was that God wanted him to do, and the restoration that would be accomplished through that horrific sacrifice, he was able to endure the cross, endure its shame, and then sit at the right hand of God. So as we are opposed by sinful men, we shouldn't grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood, and you have forgotten the word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. And so this is a proverb that the author is using here, and he's saying at this point it might get harder. You haven't yet shed blood, but others have in the faith. You haven't yet gotten to that point, but that is coming. And then also uses this, that things don't always go easy for those people that are loved. That a son is disciplined if son does something wrong. It is not an act of love to let your children do whatever they want. It is an act of love to discipline them and raise them rightly and raise them as people whose actions will serve them well. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we have All had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for good, that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. So the author didn't have as an example to draw on a personal trainer who would push us even past the point at which it hurts so that we'd build up strength which I think would be a good analogy to what he's trying to accomplish here, but instead uses the idea of a father disciplining a son, because this is something that they could relate to. Not discipline as in punish, but in this case we're talking about discipline as in strengthening, as in going through things that are difficult because of ultimate reward. Runners need to be disciplined. Marathon runners don't just go out the day of the race and decide they're going to run 26 miles. They've run 13 miles that week a couple different times. They have trained their bodies, and it takes discipline to get up in the morning and do that on days even when you don't feel like it. And so, this is the analogy that's used is that God shows us He loves us by letting us go through difficult times. Now, that's interesting. Hard to grasp concept, but God is using those difficult times, even persecution, to make us stronger and to bring us closer to him. That's a difficult thing for us to see, and I think it takes faith to see that as an act of love. And then continuing on, Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see God. See to it that no one misses the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit his blessing, he was rejected. He could bring about no change of mind, though he sought the blessing with tears. And we're starting to close down this letter, and so we're starting to get those usual encouragements at the end of letter in terms of how we should live. And the two particular things we're looking here is to live not godless like Esau and to not be sexually immoral. Sexual immorality would be something that would be very common in the world outside the Jewish world, in the Greek world, the Roman world. What is considered sexually immoral in the Bible was common practice. And then godless like Esau. Esau so didn't value his inheritance that he was willing to give it up for a meal. Value your godliness. Value holiness is what the author is encouraging us. Don't give it up lightly, and don't let bitter root grow up and cause trouble. Don't let bitterness, don't let division grow up in the body. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm, to trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them, because they could not bear what was commanded." If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. And what's being described here is Mount Sinai, just before the giving of the Ten Commandments. This is how it's described in Deuteronomy in particular. So this is something new. This is something different. This isn't a God who we need to fear, but this is a God we can come before with joy. Like David danced before the Ark of the Covenant, it was, it was brought into Jerusalem. We can come with God in joyful assembly. The church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven, there is an assurance in those words to know that your name is written in heaven and then live accordingly, You've come to the God, the judge of men, the spirits of the righteous men made perfect. And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. Again, Jesus as mediator, as the one who comes between to draw two people closer. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words, once more, indicate a removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. And these are something coming from the prophet Haggai, that there is a shaking. Now I think I would relate that in this chapter to this persecution that is coming or has come to this church that he's writing to. There is a shaking so that the things that were created things could pass away and only what cannot be shaken may remain. Only our faith, our God, our church, that love that Christ has for us, that everything else might be shaken away this is refining. And I think the church in the present time, even in the United States, which is relaxed, I think, or lax even, I think will find that it will come under more and more shaking as it becomes more and more clear that it is outside of the everyday fabric of society. As It becomes more evident what I think was always true, that this is not a Christian nation. That is a nation that is founded with some Christian principles, but has never been one where everyone was Christian, or even the majority people necessarily had a, a true and honest faith that they were acting out. And I think as those come into more conflict, we will see this kind of shaking also. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. God is a consuming fire is a quote from Deuteronomy 4. So given that shaking is coming, given that we are receiving a kingdom that can survive that refining, survive that shaking, let's worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. And with that, I think we'll draw this episode of the Bible Study Podcast to a close. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at com, or leave a comment at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Hello, hello. Poonice Petway here